Hi, everyone. I'm so happy you've tuned into the show. Whether you have listened before or you're brand new, I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea. And this episode is brought to you by my Become Aligned course. And podcasts are amazing. And I know that you know that because you guys all listen to them. And I do too. And sometimes they are not necessarily enough because while we're listening, sometimes we're passively listening and we're not actively listening. So the reason that Chris and I, Chris is my husband, the reason we've created this course is because we get asked so many questions outside of the podcast on how we started living the life that we live now, a life of happiness, of abundance, of really understanding that life is always full of problems every single day, but there's always a solution. And how do we shift back into a mindset that's going to keep us happy, keep us together, keep us successful, and keep us in thriving relationships. And that is what our Become Aligned course is about. You guys, we cover everything from mindset to the rituals that we do every single day. We talk about different energy sources that's really going to provide you with lasting energy. We talk about your purpose and what that actually means, what it is, and how it's ever-changing. We're going to tap into your beliefs. We're going to show you how to to build a tribe to support where you're going. And we're definitely going to talk about wealth, abundance, money, all of the good things and how to sustain all of this. Because while, like I said, podcasts are absolutely awesome, you don't necessarily sit down and actually write out a plan for yourself. Because as much as I can sit here and tell you on the podcast what we do and how much, how many different people that I can interview, it's important that you actually learn how to apply these things in your own life. So if you've been listening for a while and you are ready to go deep and you really want to get some direct training and be able to dive into your life and yourself and your mindset, this is the course for you. I don't know about you, but I absolutely have points in my life where I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes I hit walls where I don't necessarily feel happy anymore and I haven't sat with myself long enough. I haven't really let myself think. I haven't written out how I actually feel. And so many people who took this course said that it was completely life-changing and they revealed a lot of things about themselves, about them li- about their lives, about their relationships that they weren't really looking at or they were avoiding. And it's about having those tough conversations, not only with other people, but really with yourself and knowing that you have the tools and the access to the tools. And we're going to teach you all of the tools that you need, not only to move through things, but to actually thrive on the other side. So you guys, I would love for you to join the Aligned community. It's such a special group of human beings and you get lifetime access. This is nine different modules where you're going to be working through each area of your life at your own pace. So you might need something on abundance. You might need more on you know money. You might need more on your purpose, on your tribe. This is where you can really go deep on exactly what you need and make sure that you're not missing any of your blind spots if you are feeling stuck or if you are wondering how everyone is doing it and how they're managing it all. This is a truly honest course about how to have a thriving life and manage and deal with all of the different problems that do come up in your life and understand that not everyone is going to support you and not everyone is for you and you are not for everyone. And that's 
okay. It's finding your people. It's forgiving yourself. It's creating a life of abundance and choosing your own purpose and your happiness. So you guys, you can go to becomealigned.com. That's becomealigned.com. And you guys know that because you're listeners, I'm going to give you an awesome deal and an awesome discount. And I cannot wait to see you in that community. And also let me know if you join because it is such an awesome, awesome uh, community. And also I'm really proud of this course. Chris and I poured our heart and our soul into this. Everything that we've done, everything that we've learned, we've invested so much into ourselves that this is everything that we have applied in our lives. And if you want to know how we've done it, we put it all on the table. We've put it all in this course. So if you want to know, go check it out at becomealigned.com. So let's get into the show. And that's really what it comes down to is like self-love, self-compassion, empowering yourself, advocating for yourself, like putting yourself before others, which I know as a woman can definitely be really hard, but it's a habit that you have to start to form. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is your reminder that I want to spend one week with you, January 7th through the 11th at Event Love. It is a boot camp for speakers, trainers, leaders, future facilitators, anyone who wants to make a career out of speaking and running events. So you guys go check that out because the prices go up December 18th and we only have 12 spots left. So go to Event love.com. That is eventluv.com. And we'd love to see you there. Today on the show, I have Annie Spano. She is a former math teacher and corporate marketer. She also holds an MBA in education. She is the founder of Style Collective, which is an online supportive community with influencer education that empowers women to find their purpose, be inclusive, and achieve great success. Style Collective was created in reaction to an experience that she had that she really does not ever want any other woman to have. In 2015, she left her corporate marketing job after being bullied and harassed by another woman in the workplace. This experience left her feeling defeated and completely emotionally drained. She wished there was a way for women to work together and truly help each other achieve success. And since then, that's been her mission to empower, support, improve their happiness, and to help them achieve their goals through sisterhood and support of a shared passion. And this is where the Style Collective was realized. 
organized. You guys, this is such a beautiful conversation. You know that I am all about sisterhood and of course, about all of you reaching your dreams and figuring out your purpose. So let's get started. Annie, I'm so grateful that you came on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here today. Oh my gosh. So, okay. So I treat pretty much every podcast like I'm sitting down and just wanting to have coffee and meeting you for the first time, which this is what we're doing. So I want to know everything about you. Um, And I would love to start with how you grew up. Just what was your life like? Yeah. So I grew up in upstate New York, like an hour north of New York City. Um, It was just me, my mom, my dad, and my younger sister. I lived a fairly normal life, middle-class America, living the dream, going to school, doing the best that I could do, achieving my goals. Um, And then midway through high school, my mom was diagnosed with an extremely rare form of cancer. It was actually a small cell carcinoma, which is typically a form of lung cancer, but it had metastasized into the vulva region in a gland called the Bartholin gland. So she was one of 300 people in the world to ever have that type mm. of cancer in that gland. And at the age of 15, this was, this, you know, was incredibly heartbreaking and it completely shook my world because nobody else at that age was going through that. I felt so isolated and alone in that journey. So I dealt with it the best that I could being 15, 16, 17 years old, wanting to go out with my friends, learn how to drive, party, have a boyfriend, like have a social life and like get ready to go to school and go to college and apply to my dream schools and get started with my life and my career. But during all of this, something so negative and and dark was just hanging over me. Mm. And I was telling you before we hopped onto this podcast that this was my very first experience with taking negatives that have happened in my life and reframing them and using them as motivation Mm. so that I didn't give up and I didn't feel defeated and felt like my life was just happening to me and I had to be a victim and I was completely out of control and had you know, no idea where I was going from there on out. So after my mom had passed away, I kind of took a step back and I was like, well, what do I want to do with my life now? I'm heading into my senior year of high school and I can either let this completely consume me. I can give up on my dreams, my goals, my aspirations, going to college. I can just like wallow in this like, mm. and become extremely depressed and cry all the time and just do nothing with my life. Like That was one option that I saw. I could just let it become me. This situation that was out of my control could become me and define me and I could just give up hope. Had you seen people that. around you doing that or how did you... Like what... Did you hit a wall with it? Were you in, you know, were you in mourning for so long that it was just... You know, like like at what point did these thoughts start coming in? Because for a teenager, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, that's so incredibly heavy. A lot of times we don't, if our parents didn't teach us some of these coping tools of how to either, you know, compartmentalize or move through it or whatever that looks like, like how did you start to look at, or how did you start to do what you're doing right now? Look at it like, these are my options. Where did that come from? I've feel like my mom was the one that held the family together. Mm. She was the glue and she was my best friend. Mm. I learned 
everything about life from her. And my dad, while I love him, we didn't have that same type of bond and that same type of relationship. So after my mom had passed away, like it was me and my sister and my mom, we were like Mm -hmm. the three amigos. And once that missing piece was gone, I just felt like, all right, like I have to do this thing called life by myself now because my dad was never really like the parent. He was the provider. He was the disciplinarian. Like he's very much the traditional father figure. And after my mom was gone, I didn't really have a relationship with him. I was like, well, I have to figure this out on my own. Like I don't really, I just felt like that was it. Like it was me by myself, me, myself and I. Mm. So I had looked at it like those two different perspectives am I going to go down this rabbit hole and never come out of this? Or am I going to just continue on with my life and do things that would make my mom proud? The things that I told her I wanted to do with my life. And am I going to go and do them now in memory of her knowing, you know, thinking that she's with me, she's looking down upon me. She's with me all the time, every step of my journey. She's cheering for me, rooting for me, wants me to be my best version of myself. She would always tell me that I could be whatever I wanted to be. I could do whatever I wanted to do. Really, the only thing stopping myself was me. And that as long as I tried my best, that's all that mattered. You didn't have to be the smartest, the prettiest, like the fastest, the best athlete. Like As long as you tried your best and you were happy that's what mattered. The effort is what counted. So I kind of took those lessons I had learned from her when she was still alive. And I just kept moving forward with them because I just didn't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't know what else to do. Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to stop my life or am I just going to keep moving forward and do things that I know she would be like cheering and clapping and like jumping up and down about if she was still here with me. So You know, fast forward through college, I went to a school in upstate New York, got my um, bachelor's in mathematics education. I was a math teacher for two years after Mm. college. And then the recession hit in end of 2009. I got let go from my job. And my husband also got let go from his job. So we spent, I know. So we spent our first year of marriage unemployed with my mother-in-law's spare bedroom upstairs. (laughs) Super fun. Yes. And so it's like one of those things that sometimes we're tested, not just to discover our weaknesses, but just discover our strengths. Mm. So during that year of both of us being unemployed, newly married, it's supposed to be the best year of your life as a newlywed. And we're like, we're struggling. Like there's no jobs. And so we ended up relocating up to New Hampshire where we ended up living for seven years. And I'd started my corporate career. Just real quick. I got to know about this year because we went through something similar. My husband lost his job, same exact time. I just need to know like, what were those conversations? Did you still dream? What did you tap into? What did you attach into? Like, that's oh, like when you go back to those days, like days are long when you're not working. Like, what did you? They are very long. What did you do all day long together, and how did you build a dream from that place? So we were young. We were 24 years old when it had happened, and I think we were still pretty naive at that point to think that it was temporary. We just needed to get through it and we needed to plan our dream life and our future and take the steps necessary to get to where we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So 
never letting us hold us back again, not letting some external um, situation make us feel like it was controlling us and like mm-hmm. we didn't do anything about it, like we were helpless. Mm. So we took, we did everything that we could possibly do to make our dreams happen. So I had started applying for jobs. I would go up to New Hampshire and go on interviews. My husband um, got recruited at a startup from one of his professors he went to school with at Northeastern was starting a company. So he started going up there and helping him with that and getting involved in the startup world. So we just did everything possible, whether it was getting paid nothing, getting paid $15 an hour. Like I took a huge pay cut from, Mm -hmm. which I know sounds crazy going from a teaching job to a corporate setting, but I ended up in like an entry-level corporate corporate job, corporate Mm -hmm. role. So I took a huge pay cut from my teacher's salary and just did whatever it took because I knew that it would get me to where I wanted to go. It would get both of us to where we wanted to go. That right there, I just want to point out to everybody listening that that is the only mindset that's going to get you from a really low place to the next place. And I love that you, you know, everything that you just said, that is a total... Uh, mindset and reframe of you're not helpless. Like you kept saying that and that's what you have to say. Like I remember saying the same thing to myself, which is why I just like, I'm so interested in the story of, of like, we're not helpless. Like there is more to be done that we are not doing. So what is it? Like, this is what everybody talks about is these moments that, you know, do you decide decide if you're a victim or do you decide if it's not going to define you and you're going to do everything that you can? So I love that. Okay. So you guys both found jobs, obviously. One was a pay cut. Um, Your husband found a job and then what? Yeah. And like, so going back to what you were saying, like one of the things that I like to think about is that sometimes the bad things that happen in our lives put us directly on the path to the best things that are ever going to happen to us. Mm. And sometimes in the moment, you can't see that because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. So you have to keep your head up. You have to keep fighting and you have to keep going for whatever it is that you want Mm. because the struggle, once you get through the struggle and you get to the other side, sometimes the best thing is waiting for you on the other side. And there's no way that you could have predicted that that was over there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So we had, so we moved up, moved up to New Hampshire, relocated, left our families, which at the time, you know, going back to like back then, that seemed like a pretty terrible thing to leave yeah. our families and our whole world behind us and to move six hours away be in complete isolation. We had no friends up there. We didn't know anyone or where we were even or what was going on up in New Hampshire. So we had to completely start over. And that is actually like one of the best things looking back now. One of the best things that we ever did was move away from our friends and family because we had a clean, fresh start where we actually had time to get to know ourselves. Mm we were as individuals in as a married couple. And during those seven years, there was just a lot of self-discovery. Like, who am I? What do I like? Do I just like these things because that's how I was raised? Or that's what I was taught to like because of culture and society? Like, who am I? What do I actually want to do with my life? And what do I like doing? And how can I help others? And do I actually want to work 
a corporate job or am I just trying to climb the corporate ladder because I think that's what I'm supposed to do, right? So all of these like reflective questions start coming up because we we move away. Um, I had gone back to school during that time and I got my MBA. And that's really when a lot of that started. A lot of like this personal development, self-development kind of Solidifier inside of me. And during that time, I realized that I had my dream of climbing the corporate ladder was no longer going to be my dream because I was working in a toxic work environment and I had been bullied and harassed in the workplace by a female director in my group. And up until that point, I didn't even realize it. I just thought that it was normal. It was part of the culture because I was so young. I was mm. 26. What forms did that show up in? So you'd go to work every day and what would happen? I would go to work and she would belittle me in meetings in front of my colleagues. She would yell and scream at me. I would have panic attacks. She would micromanage me because she felt like nothing I was ever doing was good enough or it wasn't done to her liking. One time we were in a meeting and I asked a question about something she wanted me to do. And she looked me straight in the face and said, don't think, just execute. Stop asking questions. Just do what you're told. Mm -hmm. And so it was an environment that was not conducive to growing personally and professionally. You were just put in a box and you were meant to take orders. And that was all you're supposed to do. So I didn't like that. And she'd also treated other women in the workplace the same way. And a lot of them had left. And up until that point, I didn't really understand why. I was like, why is everybody leaving? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, <laughs> but I soon realized halfway through business school on one of my coworkers on her last day of work, I was in her cube with her. And I said, I'm starting to think that this place isn't normal. And she just looked at me and started laughing and goes, Oh, honey, there is nothing normal about this place. <laughs> <laughs> so I started at that point coming up with my plan, right? Not looking at myself as a victim, although it was really hard. It was really challenging going through a bullying situation. And it got to the point where I was crying every day before work and I didn't want to go and I felt completely lost. I was depressed. And it actually happens in the neocortex of your brain. You feel like you're wearing a mask and you're wearing a costume because you have to be somebody that you're not in order to please others in the work environment if you're being bullied so that you stop being pinned as the victim and the scapegoat. So I had to change who I was so that I wasn't being attacked all the time. And when that happens, in your brain, you're not aligned with who you actually are, with your values and principles. And you start to get confused and the chemicals in your brain start to be start to like give you these messages and you're you're it's disconnected and you start to become depressed because you're not actually living authentically and you're not in alignment with your values and principles and who you are as an individual. So that's what was happening to me. And I was becoming depressed and I was becoming very lost and I didn't know who I was anymore. So I knew that I needed to leave. I needed to do something else, but I didn't know what that thing was. And this was the end of, end of 2015, beginning of 2016. And at that time, social media started becoming a thing. Blogging, influencers is becoming more popular. And I started a blog. 
as one of my projects that I had started working on. Mm -hmm. And during that time, I got to know other women who were also starting blogs and wanted to get to know them, wanted to feel like I had a community, like I had support. And I know that you understand how important this is, having an online business community Mm -hmm. or like-minded people banding together and lifting one another up Mm -hmm. is so important as an entrepreneur. And I wanted to like have that community of women that made me feel like myself again and that I could have a career and have them with me, have my support team. So that's where the idea for Style Collective had been born. It was a tiny little Facebook group with 60 women. We were all blogging. We were all really good friends. We were sharing tips with one another. We were growing. We were learning. We were each other's support system. And it was just this little magical corner of the internet that I absolutely loved. So I decided a couple of months later to create a membership around it and learn the social media space, interview women, get to know everything, create content, create courses um, because my background's in teaching. So I leveraged my skills that I had learned in a professional setting and applied them to this new industry called influencer marketing. So that's how it all came about. (laughs) Awesome. So I want to ask questions around that because I know there's so many people who want to be starting something, but they're waiting. Um, So this was all during while you still had that job. Is that correct? Yes. This was all while I was still working full-time. So you were in this totally, you know toxic environment while you're not feeling good. It's kind of forcing you out of it. And that's one thing I know that you know that. And I just want to point that out to everyone. It's like, sometimes when things aren't great, like these things will actually happen to make you wake up and force you out of it and be like, you're not getting this clearly. So I guess I'm going to have to make life miserable for you. But something that you did was to completely support yourself around what it is that you wanted to do. Like probably knowing I can't do this alone. So how can I create something simultaneously uh, to support me in order to move forward on what I'm doing. So a couple of questions just going back to what you said because I just want to clarify for everybody who's listening um, to really understand like what is something you think people can do? Because I know that you said in order for you to feel like you could become who you knew that you were, the, that time away from your family and the environment that you're in was so critical for you. So first mm-hmm. question... Is it possible for people who are not able to move away or not able to, you know, kind of like get out of the environment that they're in that they believe is holding them back in order to ask those questions, like figure out who they are and be able to start to figure out what it is that they actually want? Yeah. So I think the first step is realizing that you need to advocate for yourself. Mm. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So you have to make a decision. What is more important? Is it me and myself, my happiness, my goals that I want to achieve in life? And if it is, what does your life look like? If you spent a day living your perfect life, your ideal life of how you want to be living, Mm. what does that look like? Who is removed from the picture? What activities are you doing less of? What activities are you doing more of? And what are the steps that you can take to work towards that? So if that means waking up half an hour earlier to spend an extra 30 minutes a day working on yourself or checking things off your list or learning or growing or doing something that helps you move towards your goals, then 
go to bed half an hour earlier. Don't watch your favorite TV show once a week, maybe just small changes. Mm -hmm. Maybe the friends that are asking you to go out on a Thursday night and you're not going to feel so good the next day because you're out late and you're tired or you had, you have drinks, you know, whatever it is that you do, maybe start saying no to the people that aren't fueling your dreams and your goals and don't understand who you are and where you want to go because those people are going to hold you back and you don't have to completely cut them out. You just have to manage your relationships with them and how much time you are dedicating to them because the less time you dedicate to the things that aren't fulfilling you and fueling you and pushing you to where you want to go, the more time you can put towards the things that mm. really drive you. Okay, so let's dig in there because I just like let's be really honest. I know that you know to be where you're at, the journey has been challenging. So, yes, amen to all of that. I firmly that's the exact advice I would give. But then I also want to really dig into like what happens when you start doing that, and the people are like. Oh, are you too good for us? Oh, you can't come hang with us. Okay. So they kind of like end up pushing you out or you, you know, they start talking bad about you or whatever that looks like. Or there's also people who are sitting right now, uh, listening, going, yeah, but they don't get it. It's, you know, it's, it's hard for me. Or these are the people that I know. What do you say to that? I think it comes down to the first thing I said, you have to advocate for yourself. Mm. Who is more important? It's, it's you, it's your life. You have one life to live. And this is a lesson that I learned so early on with my mom. She died at the age of 45. Mm. Okay? And for me, that's only wow. 10 years away, yeah. which is a little scary to think about. So you have one life. You have to make yourself happy. You have to do what it is that you want to do because you are looking out for yourself. Everybody else is looking out for themselves. And so they're not looking out for you. They don't have your best interests in mind the way that you do for mm. yourself. So yes, I can tell you from you know being doing this for years now, being an entrepreneur, going out on my own, people think I'm weird. I, I don't have the same friend group that I had 10 years ago. Even some of my family members, I'm not as close to them as I used to be. And most of them don't even understand what it is that I do, which is completely fine because they can live their lives and they can do what makes them happy. And I can live my life and I can do what makes me happy. Because at the end of the day, I have to go to bed with that. I have to go to sleep at night knowing that I put in my best effort to fulfill my dreams, which is helping other people using my personal mission statement to inspire others to take action in their lives so that they can become who they're meant to be, right? Just like you, you do the same thing. And if I'm not able to fulfill that passion that is just burning deep inside of me, I can't go to sleep at night. I just can't. And so you have to decide if that passion inside of you is more important than what other people think of you or the friends that you have in your life right now, like, what do you care more about? And it's a balance. It's definitely a balance. And you have to learn how to say yes to yourself more often. And that's really what it comes down to is like self-love, self-compassion, empowering yourself, advocating for yourself, like putting yourself before others, which I know as a woman can definitely be really hard, but it's a habit that you have to start to form. 
Have you had anyone say anything like really painful around that when you started doing that? Whether it's like you're, you know, prioritizing the wrong thing or you're selfish or you're self-centered or anything around like when you've really had to prioritize yourself? I definitely do get judged because like people have told me like, oh, you're a hustler, which I take it as a compliment. Like, okay, that's, I think that's awesome because I am a hustler. So thank you. (laughs) But my husband and I, we've been married for, we just celebrated 10 years of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you. And we've been together for 13 and we decided a couple of years ago that we did not want to have children. Mm-hmm. And we just want like being married, really like having our careers and helping others in our own unique way. And that we don't want to use our gifts and talents to raise a family. We want to use them in other ways that give back to the world and help people. And so there have definitely been people in our family and even friends that are like, you don't want to have kids? Like, why not? Why don't you want to have kids? And even though nobody is judging me or saying things directly to my face, I I do pick up on the body language mm-hmm. or sometimes there are kind of passive aggressive comments that are made, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, like it's their life and mm-hmm. they can do what they want to do. If they want to have kids or they want to go on vacation all the time or they don't want to work or they do want to work, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Like they're doing what makes them happy. And all I can do is worry about myself mm-hmm. and what makes me happy and the people that I'm serving and I'm helping in my business. That's all I can worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that's so vital for people to know and to hear is you, you don't have all the, you don't have all the caring in the world to give to everyone. Like it's so limited to be honest. It's like you, your family and a few other people and that's about it. And it's like so many people get caught up in caring about everything or everyone or everyone's opinions. You you can't even move forward with that. It's like you're so yeah, drained by stuck. like 9am that you're like, I can't do anything <laughs> new because I'm so stuck, uh, like you said, with what everybody's doing. So I want to go back to... Well, actually, since we're on, on this topic, I would love to know because... I think for so many people, we're in resistance of taking big action into our dreams because we go and we feed the fear of, you know, what are people going to think of us? What's the judgment going to be? How are people going to, especially now with a lot of online bullying and criticism of even, you know, great people. It's like, I think people paint and feed that fear so much that it stops us from ever starting. So something that I'm like obsessed with talking about and just looking at in my life right now is worst case scenario, like actually letting it be mm-hmm. okay and accepting, you know, that I could lose my businesses. People could do something horrible online and it could be some big thing and like just being accepting of everything that comes. So first question on this is what's the like what's the most traumatic worst thing that's happened through business? That that just felt like it was going to take you down, even though you knew it wouldn't, but it just felt awful. Okay. So probably the worst thing that has ever happened. So I like to do a lot of in-person things whenever I can. And Mm -hmm. um, New York Fashion Week has been like my place where I have in-person events, February and September. Mm. And so about two Septembers ago or three Septembers ago, I can't remember, I had an event and it was... A, it was basically like a big party that was like drinks and food and hair and makeup and nails and networking and dancing and music. And it was just meant to be like a really good time. 
And it was my first time putting on an event to that scale. It was about 150 people. And it was up in New York. And at the time, my husband and I were in between homes because we were moving to Raleigh. And so we actually were living in hotel rooms while I was planning this event. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) when I finally got up there and the event was happening... It was just me. And I was running around and it was me and like the event manager. She was like trying to help me with everything. But it was kind of one of those things where like I went into it with the best of intentions where I just wanted to bring people together and have a good time and create memories. And there's a photographer there. And we had like all this, all these great pictures of everyone together. But there were like things that had happened that I hadn't foreseen. Like I left the swag bags on a table and just thought people will come in and take one. Well, people came in and they grabbed like 10 at once and they just like took all the swag bags. So by the time people got to the event, like halfway through the night, there was no gift bags left. Mm. Or because it was in, it was at this restaurant on Park Avenue and they had blocked off like our side of the restaurant for us to have the event. But even though I had security and we had like a barrier put up, people that were on the restaurant side like snuck over and they were like taking our drinks from the bar. They were like drinking our wine and our drinks. And so we ran out of alcohol like oh an hour before the party ended. <laughs> yeah. mm. So it was just like little things like that. And I didn't really know about it because I was trying to network and I was trying to have a good time and do as much as I could to like make sure that everything was going all right. And I just didn't know that these things, you know, those two specific things had happened. So after the event was over, I sent out a survey just asking people for their feedback. So because I like to, you know, hear what people thought so I can learn and improve and grow and take that constructive criticism and work with it for the future. And I started getting these responses back and it was people like were rating it like zero out of 10 and like one out of 10 and writing all these mean and terrible and super hurtful comments about it. And then also like, you know, I've seen myself being bashed in Facebook groups by other women, which is just so crazy because the whole premise behind my business is women empowering women. And then I see myself getting bashed in Facebook groups. So I was getting... Yes, it's terrible. So I was getting bashed in these survey responses and I just had a moment of panic where my heart was in my stomach and I felt like I wanted to die. Like this was the end. Uh (laughs) It's so terrible because I wanted people to have a good time. And then the feedback from some people was that it was horrible. It was a waste of money. It was a waste of time. Yeah. It was like... It like wants to stop panicked. you. Like you want to stop. You're like, this is yeah. not worth it because people, people have no idea how hard it is. And then you feel that. It like makes you yes. want to throw in the towel and start being mean like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It just made me so sick to my stomach because people thought that I was trying to take advantage of them and uh, scam them. Oh, that's the worst. I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> like not the point of this. So yeah. what I did is... Okay, so these things that happen like in the moment, they seem like the worst things in the world. Mm. And and it truly is when you're in it and you're living it. And it is, it feels like a nightmare. So I took a couple hours away from it and I just sat with it and I thought about it before I did anything because I didn't want to make any rash emotional decisions while I was in this like heightened emotional state. And I talked with 
you know, my husband about it and some close friends and got some feedback. I talked with some team members about what I should do. And I, I just got like unbiased feedback and processed it along with my own thoughts and opinions. And what I ended up doing the next day was I emailed every single person and I told them that I wanted to schedule a phone call with them to personally apologize for the mishaps that had happened at the party and that it was completely unintentional and that I felt, you know, really felt horrible that they had such a bad time or that this thing had happened to them that they had specifically called me out on in the survey. So I took ownership. I wanted to take ownership, but I also wanted them to talk to me on the phone because it's so easy to be a keyboard warrior and say the meanest and nastiest things that you could possibly think of and just submit it through some anonymous survey and not know that there is a person on the other end of that reading it mm-hmm. and feeling like they're going to throw up because they're so sick to their stomach. And so I just wanted them to know, like there was a person on the other end of this that read what you wrote. And I wanted to con- not confront them, but I wanted them to like talk to me and like hear me as a person and hear me apologize and being genuine and concerned and wanting to help and then offer a full refund. I offered a full refund. It was about like 20 people out of 150 that had been super upset. But I just felt like for my integrity that it was really important to schedule those phone calls and talk to those people one to get them to calm down and to get them to know that you know, I'm a genuine person who really cares. And it's just something that was out of my control that had happened. And so I think, you know, after all of that was over, it was kind of like I built up this this mountain in my head of like, oh my God, this is the end. There's going to be all this negativity all over the internet. Like I'm going to have this terrible reputation now. And it just was like this little blip mm. looking back you know, mm-hmm. two three years later, it's just like, it's a blip. Like it's, that's what entrepreneurship is. You have these, like these highs and these lows. And, you know, when you look at it overall, over like the years of being an entrepreneur, it's all, you know, kind of steady middle ground, but there are like those extreme highs and lows mm-hmm. that you do experience mm. throughout entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, I love hearing about that just because it's it's so important. You will have those moments for sure. And it's like you never see them coming. And I think that's what stops people. But looking back, Mm -hmm. so now I know that you have somebody manning your swag bag table. (laughs) (laughs) Like these are the things you don't know until you know, like literally you can't learn. I have so many things like that where I'm like, okay, well that just taught me X, Y, and Z. Or that just taught me to have a much better refund policy and the contract be a lot more clear or whatever that looks like, you know? Um, So those are vital moments that you wouldn't wish upon anyone, but man, you learn lessons that are locked in for ever. So yeah. I'm so glad that exactly you shared that. What That's all that failures are. Mm-hmm. It's a learning experience. And sometimes it will cost you money. Sometimes it will cost you a little bit of your reputation because some people don't like you for mm-hmm. something that happened, but it is an incredible learning experience and it helps you grow and develop and just be I guess, more aware and also more compassionate of others in the online space. Like I know that it's definitely changed my outlook and people that have online businesses. Like Mm -hmm. 
I think it's crazy the things that I've learned and I can only imagine what others have learned through their journey as well. Mm, I think of that all the time when someone's really forward facing and people are either like, oh, they have all these people. I'm like, oh man, they have a lot on the back end. I can only imagine what's going on. So sending you lots of love to stay strong, sister. Like you deserve all the good because you need it for all of the other stuff that comes with it. So, and that's been really powerful powerful for me to like really appreciate, like you said, and just have a lot more respect for a lot of people that I see out there in the world um, trying to do good, you know, because no matter how much you try to do the right thing, there's always going to be someone who just thinks you're doing the wrong thing. And that has to be okay with you. Like you have to go in knowing that. And um, so for you, what's the mindset that you hold? Like when when you move forward, when you get trapped, maybe you get um, trapped for a couple days in a decision that's really scary or something that you're afraid of? Like, is there anything right now that you're fearful around um, that's kind of stopping you or has a small pause in your life or business? I think at this point right now, I'm pretty comfortable in the decisions that I make and they're not as scary as it used to be. Like to me, at the end of 2016, leaving my corporate job, leaving a full-time stable career, knowing what I was, you know, what to expect every single day. Like I I was comfortable, like I was in mediocrity and I knew that some days would be good. And some days I would get bullied and yelled and screamed at and locked in a glass office and told everything that was wrong with me for an hour. I was okay with it because I knew to expect it, but the mediocrity was holding me back. And the scariest thing I was sick over it was putting in my notice and giving up my paycheck every two weeks that had grown to love because it was stable. I could expect it. And I am a person who is, I'm not a risk taker at all. And to make that leap and be completely fearless and have faith in myself and my ability and to just try to figure it out and make it work. And to also, like you had said earlier, like look at my wrists and be like, okay, like what is the worst possible thing that could happen? And maybe six months from now, I have a bunch of experience that I've gained from trying to go out on my own and I can just go back into the corporate world and find a different job someplace else. Like that was really the worst possible scenario that would happen if I left my job. And yeah, maybe I've burned through my savings and then I'd have to, you know, start from ground zero again. So making that leap for the very first time was the absolute scariest thing I've ever done. Mm. But it was the most rewarding. And it showed me that if I took those calculated risks and I had a support team and I had other people who believed in what I was doing and like gave me the confidence to move forward when I didn't even feel confident in myself to do something for myself and for others. Like that showed me that any decision that I want to make in the future, no matter how gut-wrenching it feels or scary, you're putting yourself out there, you're vulnerable. There are people out there that need what you have to give them. Mm -hmm. They need it. And you are doing yourself a disservice by keeping it to yourself, keeping it in your head and not sharing it with others because there you will find your tribe. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Like you can have a small tribe, you can have a huge tribe. It doesn't matter. But if you have your group of people that believe in what you're doing and will support you and will pay for your services or buy your product, like that's all that you need. Because once you do it the very first time, it becomes second nature. And it doesn't even become a decision of when, of like, when you're going to do it, it's just you're going to do it in the future. These these new things that you want to do. Mm. So okay, so here I am. I'm like ready to do something because you know maybe I'm at a job that I don't love, or I have this vision of what I'm supposed to do, but I have nobody around me. Like I don't really know who these people are yet, besides people online. How do I start building a support system? Like what does that tangibly break down? to look like on the day-to-day to start like, okay, I don't have support. I need support. What does that look like? Having support can come in the form of a spouse, a family member, a, a mentor. Um, for me during that time, my leadership professor from my MBA program, she knows absolutely nothing about the digital space, but she was my mentor mm. and helped me on like that professional and like like a personal level with taking that leap. So it doesn't necessarily have to be people within the business world or even know what you want to do. It can be friends that are there for moral support. It can be family members. But in terms of, you know, actually creating a business and because you want and you know, you want it to be successful, you have to definitely make sure that there's interest. And so With Style Collective, I had started the Facebook group. I had 60 women that were in the group and I told them my idea of what I wanted to do. And they were so excited about it. And so I had buy-in and I had support and I had... And I was doing something that I had already been wanting to do and I had been testing it. And so it was like, yeah, I took this big leap where I went from my corporate job to starting a business, but it wasn't a blind leap. It was calculated. I had tested the idea... Um, I had run it by people who, you know, my potential clients or customers. I also did a lot of research about the industry that I was getting into and if there would be a potential for fit. You can even put like a fake button on your website to see how many people click it Mm. um, to buy it. And then it can just lead to a page that says out of stock, come back soon. And you can collect people's email addresses. Mm. So there's ways that you can test things before you actually invest your time, money, and energy into doing it to see if it would actually work. So, I mean, that's what I would suggest doing. I spent probably a year and a half thinking about the idea, testing it, finding people to connect and network with before I actually like opened it up as a business. So definitely take your time, get to know others, form those one-on-one relationships and talk to people and find out what they need. Like the the idea for Style Collective, I could have never thought of this on my own. There's no way you could have locked me in a room and been like, okay, we'll come back in 30 days and give us your business plan. Like it's not how it works. Mm-hmm. So you talk to people and you find out what their needs are and you help them by solving their problems. And that's how you start a successful business. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how I started my business. <laughs> Well, I love that you talk about, you know, you say these were people already in your life, you know, your mentors and you shared the idea. Like you can't, you can't get help or get the support that you need without sharing the idea. I'm sure that when you met all these people, you didn't keep the idea to yourself. I'm sure you were like, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I want to be doing. Like how many times did you say what you wanted to do to 
probably a ton of people and you spoke it into life. Yeah, exactly. And nobody's going to steal your idea either. Most people will listen to it and say, oh, that's a great idea, but they won't take action on it. So I know. And if they they steal it, more power to them. I mean, like, (laughs) seriously, it wasn't just your idea. Like, it was the universe's (laughs) idea. Like, just don't share the name of your idea, but you can share your idea. Mm -hmm, Mm hmm. So how do you, how does that work for you? Because I know that you are all about collaboration with women. Like how have you been tested in the way, by way of like feeling really abundant, like needing to really understand what abundance means? Because I think a lot of people are afraid to either collaborate or to give other women all the credit or whatever that looks like. Like how do you truly like... Um, operate under this idea of abundance, even when people do kind of take advantage of, you know, the fact that maybe, cause I'm sure, I think anyone who operates under abundance has been taken advantage of um, as far as like, you know, maybe people using you for your audience or whatever that, whatever form it comes in, how do you operate under abundance and stay there even when things happen? Yeah. So with my business, I really try to focus on the intrinsic motivations of like why I do it and why I continue to do it and where my passion lies with helping others and like looking at my life story and how I reframed it to find my passion and purpose for leading others and making an impact in the world. So, you know, in terms of abundance, that can mean so many things. Are you abundant in how your heart is fulfilled and how it feels extremely full every single day because you get such powerful messages from the people that you've helped or they leave you amazing comments or send you messages or send you emails of how you've changed their life. So like, are you abundant on like an emotional and spiritual level? Or is it more on like a financial side? Like, do you also do it because you love the financial freedom that comes along with it? And so it's always a balance between the intrinsic and the extrinsic motivations when it comes to having your business online and staying motivated in it. So I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> well, I think but that's like what I try to focus on in terms of abundance with my business, like the balance of the two. I think I kind of understand what you're saying in terms of... Because um, I... Okay, let me see. Here's kind of what I do when you're talking about abundance in terms of like, are you fulfilled and why are you doing it? I So I, I try to look at when I'm collaborating with people like if I get freaked out or if I feel like I'm, you know, I don't know, like someone might take this idea or whatever it is. It's like, okay, so what do you want to do? Be alone? Because you're only happy when you're connecting with people and really sharing whatever it is. So if you're not attached to getting all of the credit, then why, you know, then of course you're going to go and do whatever it is that's making you happy. Is that what it is or is am I not touching on it at all? Like for me personally, yeah, I, I think like one of the things that really helped me in school was this personality test called the Myers Briggs, mm-hmm. and so I learned through that like what my personality type is, and so I really try to focus on where I am naturally as a person and like those strengths that I have. So I'm ENFJ, and so I get really amped up and energized by being around other people. So I use that to like push me into, you know, different directions with my business, like being in touch with other people, collaborating with others. Like for me, that's just like a very natural 
thing to do because that's what makes me feel really energized and fulfilled. Whereas if you're um, an introvert, you get energized by having that alone time and recharging by yourself. So I can understand how maybe it would be like a little bit more of an effort or feel a little bit more uncomfortable to collaborate with others if you tend to operate Mm. in the space where like you like being alone and that's where you get energized. So I think that everyone is is different in how they want to collaborate with others or work by themselves. And I don't necessarily think that either one is like is better. It's more about who you are as a person and what makes you feel good and what makes you happy. Mm, I love I love that you brought that in just for people who are like, oh, maybe I don't feel like collaborating and here's why. Yeah, there's so I love that test. I think it's such a cool way to learn more about yourself. And self-awareness <laughs> in business <laughs> and in life is like the key, self-awareness is like the key that will unlock everything. Like, why am I reacting this way? What am I really <laughs> afraid of? What do I need to implement? So I want to know about, you know, coming up on our last question here. I really want to to know about the importance of just boundaries and needing to uh, or having to set them. Like when you have something that, uh, you know, like tough conversations maybe with employees or people that you love in your life, like what does it look like to you to realize that a boundary needs to be set? How do you realize it? And then how do you have tough conversations? Yeah. So setting boundaries. I think that like what you said about being self-aware, knowing who you are, like your personality traits, even like your upbringing of like how you were raised and how you react to certain things, unlearning habits, like bad habits or negative behavioral actions that you have, like just, just being more aware of who you are and getting feedback from others. Like when you react to a certain situation, I think that just doing a lot of personal development, maybe getting like a counselor or reading a lot of books or taking these personality tests, talking to others, like doing 360 reviews are incredibly helpful within the workplace because you get to learn how others perceive you. And sometimes you get feedback where you're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that I did that or that people perceived me in that way. And so if it's something that you don't really want that to be like your personal brand of who you are, you can work to change it and like work to change those habits and those ways that you react or um, talk to people. So I think with boundaries, it's kind of the same thing, like knowing when you've... Like for me, for for boundaries, like I'm pretty disciplined and I'm a hard worker and I you know, I take a lot of pride in that, that I can get a lot done. But when I start to feel burned out or I start to feel like I need to take some time away from the computer or like I've put too much on my to-do list and too much on my plate and I'm kind of like too much of an overachiever and I put too many things that I wanted to set out to do, like I start to feel burned out and uninspired and I start to lose my passion and my drive for my business and what I'm doing. And so that boundary to me is like, okay, I need to take a step back and I need to not just be wearing my business hat. I need to be wearing like my woman hat. Like who am... Because for me, like as a person, I love being a woman. I love being a wife. I like entertaining and cooking and working out and like getting my hair done, like doing all the girly things. And that's just me. 
me as a person. So when I feel myself getting lost and knowing that I have this like feminine side to myself that I really want to embrace even as being a business owner, and I feel that side getting lost, I have to pump the brakes and say, you know, this is my boundary. Like life is long, hopefully, and it's not, you know, a sprint, it's a marathon. So I need to take some time back and I need to work on myself and do the things that fuel me and make me feel good. And then when it comes to difficult conversations with others, um, I would say probably my close, like, I don't really have any too many team members. I have some contractors that I work with that help me with things, but I would probably say my closest relationship is with my husband. And for me, it has just been, you know, again, with the Myers-Briggs, like understanding who he is, like his personality traits, how he was raised, like his experiences that are totally different from his parents and what it was like, how he was raised, you know, how he grew up. And the things that affect him are different than the things that affect me. Like he will never understand what it's like to lose a parent at the age of 17. But then there's experiences that he has gone through that I'll never understand because I've never, I haven't been there. So learning to have compassion and empathy for other people and understanding that we all have different journeys, different histories, different motivations, different goals in life, and just not judging others, but just having more compassion and empathy for other people, it helps you overcome like those difficult boundaries, like having difficult conversations so that you're not attacking one another, you're being open-minded and you're understanding why someone feels the way that they do or why they said something that they said because it's not really about you. It's about them and how they're feeling or a past experience that has kind of made them say something like that. So I think with ba- with boundaries, it's about under being self-aware, but also being compassionate and having empathy for other mm. people. And it's this balance between the two. Mm, so well said. Um, Annie, I just want to thank you for coming on and being so open and vulnerable and literally like taking every question. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. So, so curious and just, I'm really, really grateful so for your perspective and for this beautiful conversation. And I would love for people to be able to find you and follow you. Where are you at? Thank you so much. Yeah. So if you want to come check out Style Collective, it's at stylecollective underscore on Instagram or the website is stylecollective.us. Um, if you want to come say hi to me on Instagram, you can send me a DM. I love meeting new people. So I'm Annie underscore Spano or you can go to my website, anniespano.com. Amazing. And you also just reminded me that you reminded me of Saved by the Bell with Jesse Spano. Um, oh, yes. I get relation? No, really. <laughs> No, any, no relation. Obviously, no relation to the character on Say by the Bell, <laughs> to the made-up <laughs> character. Okay, Jesse Spano's her real name, right? Uh, no, no, that's, that's her fake name. name. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that we're clear. See, you learn every. You're gonna just learn all sorts of information you don't need on this podcast. Okay, yeah. so I always, I always ask one last question on the podcast. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are in an elevator with someone, they're a total stranger. You're you're in an elevator or you're in passing, but it's really brief. It's like 30 seconds. And this complete stranger looks over at you and asks, how do I make myself happy? What do you say? 
Oh man, I was not expecting this question. <laughs> well, I think that I think that first of all, I would be taken aback because even though I'm an extrovert um, and I love being around people, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm super outgoing and I don't talk to people when I'm out and about and I don't talk to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just better with like friends that I know type mm-hmm. of thing. So if somebody said that to me out of the blue, I would probably pause and not know what to say, just like right now. <laughs> you can take your time. <laughs> gut reaction. Yeah, that would be my gut reaction just because I wouldn't expect that from somebody to ask me that. But if somebody said, you know, how can I be happy? I, I think my first question, I think I would just ask a question because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at asking questions and guiding people to the answer um, based on what they tell me. So then I would say, well, what's not making you happy? Mm. And then I would listen to their answer. And then this actually happened with a friend recently, like two weeks ago. And she explained to me her answer. And I gave her some feedback saying like, you have to do what makes you happy Mm. and not what other people want you to do. You have to live your life in accordance to your own values and principles and your personal mission statement, Mm. not what other people believe you should be doing with your life. So I think that the advice would probably be specific to whatever the situation is that they're going through. But my first, I would ask them like, what's not making you happy? Mm. And then try to help them navigate through that situation. Well, I think that's a pretty good answer is to question what's not making you happy because that's the first thing, right? It goes back to everything that you just said, self-awareness. So Annie, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for this. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with a friend, text it right now if you know that somebody is in a situation where they could really use this advice. You never actually know what you are doing for someone when you send them something that they may not have had access to in the first place. So you guys go and leave a review, text this to a friend. Thank you so much. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought and honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday, I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back 
and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey all, I'm so excited to share with you, Earn Your Happy is now part of Growth Day Podcast Network. A bunch of us are coming together to bring more growth to the world and support shows and brands that we truly believe in. And one of my friends is also on the network and I'd love for you to go subscribe to his show. You guys, Trent Shelton has the most incredible podcast. It's called Straight Up with Trent Shelton. And it's going to remind you that you are built for this. I have heard Trent speak in person multiple times. I've listened to his podcast a ton. He's coming on the show and I literally cannot wait because this man just spits straight fire. It is like truth that goes to your core and makes you take action right away. If you want one of those podcasts that when you're just out on a walk, you can't help but want to start running and run through a wall in your life, this is the show to go listen to. So you guys make sure that you go subscribe to the show straight up with Trent Shelton. You're going to love it. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. 
Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool.